Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, it's okay. You're addicted to Dynasty and I am too. My name's Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak. That's a freak with two E's. It's a long explanation. I love the NFL. I watch every game every week. I love drafting, trading, scouting, and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Here's what we have on store today in episode number 53. 53 episodes in. We still have uh, just six uh, five-star ratings and three reviews. I would love it if you would take some time. If you enjoy this podcast, it would be a great honor and good favor that you could do for me by rating and reviewing on iTunes. I'd appreciate it if you do that. Let's talk about what we're doing today, though. It's uh, episode number 53, and we're in part three of a three-week series that I'm doing on my positional philosophy. I thought during this dead period before training camps began, although this is the week that several are beginning, and by Sunday, all 32 teams will be in camp, so that's exciting. We're going to get real news, good and bad, <laughs> for our fantasy teams, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll tie up the series next week looking at receivers, but this week we're actually going to talk about my positional philosophy at the running back position. If you haven't done so already, go back and look at the one that I wrote on the, uh, or go back and listen to the podcast or the article on the website at the quarterback position and tight end position. And now I'll talk about kind of some of my main philosophies, what I'm trying to do as I build out my teams in the running back rooms. I didn't try to stick to any particular number of um, points for each of these articles and for these podcasts, but today we actually have nine at the running back position. All right, so here's my nine, my nine philosophies related to uh, the running back position. First is I like to roster 8 to 10 running backs. So this is just kind of a roster construction. Remember, I play in 30, 27 to 30-man leagues. So this is would be uh, 8 to 10 would be about 25% or 30% of my roster being filled with running backs. Um, this is the, the highest you know the highest number of players, positions that I want to have on my team, largely because it's the most injury-prone and short-lived in Dynasty. And so I do like to keep my roster stocked with backups in case of injury or another team and stocked with young guys that get the opportunity uh, to outplay, you know, an older guy because the shelf life on running back is just too short. So I like to have a pretty thick, uh, pretty full uh, running back room in, on, my on my rosters. Uh, the only position that I – this is the only position that I prefer to have young players more than older players. I'll talk some about that with receiver afterward. But overall, if you look at all my rosters, I'm really old at tight end, really old at quarterback, older at wide receiver, but I try to be as young as possible – at the running back position. So you'll see that comes up when I talk about how I draft in rookie drafts. Uh, there are a few teams, you know, where I have really, really awesome running backs. And in those cases, I might be willing to roster a few less than other leagues. You're going to see one example of that when I list my rosters later. Uh, see the freak league um, on the article or later that I'll talk about later. But there are, most of the time, I'm really trying to get eight to 10 running backs. A few exceptions too, in some of my leagues, they have you have to start three wide receivers. And so when I, you have to start three wide receivers, I do want my wide receivers to be pretty full, too. But overall, it's the, the position that I like to have the most of on my rosters, and it's the position that I want to have the youngest on my rosters. Second thing in my philosophy is I go wide receiver heavy in startup drafts and target rookie running backs. So in startup drafts, I almost always start with at least two wide receivers, sometimes even three. Um, I do this primarily because the shelf life of those good wide receivers that you can get in the first, sec second, even third round of uh, of your startup drafts are just going to last for a long time. Like these guys can be top 10 wide receivers for years on end where 
running backs often just have, you know, four or five year period where they can be top 10 running backs for you. So in startup drafts, I almost always start with receiver. You can see uh, I wrote two articles on the website recently and also talked about them on the podcast. Um, when I had my FFPC startup draft just about a month or month and a half ago, um, I did the same thing. A little bit different, though, because I actually started with Travis Kelsey in the first round. I went Julio Jones in the second round before picking up Damian Williams. This is a tight end premium league, so 1.5 points per reception. So I, I kind of stuck to my guns and practiced my philosophy there. Well, Damian Williams is not a young guy or a rookie, like I said. Um, I also followed that up with the next pick of Miles Sanders. And so this was a PPR league. You'll hear my thoughts on PPR. I had James White mixed in there as well. But I'm always happy to go wide receivers and just take a chance on rookie running backs or really young running backs in the startup drafts. I did this again in my diehard startup league. That was my latest startup league that started. Uh, we just finished our inaugural year, so coming into year two in that draft, I drafted Antonio Brown in the first round and Keenan Allen in the second round before drafting Nick Chubb and Kerryon Johnson after that. And so I stick to my philosophy on that. I start wide receiver heavy. I like to go rookie running backs or young running backs in my startup drafts. Third uh, running back philosophy is that I almost always draft a running back in the first round of rookie drafts. So in rookie drafts, uh, I pick running backs probably, I'd say, 85 to 90% of the time. I just feel like running backs are a much safer pick, in my opinion. Uh, They get more chances to play early because there's not as much for running backs to do regarding learning the playbook, apart from maybe pass protection, you know, whereas wide receivers really have to learn to learn the offense, gel with the offense. Running backs can just kind of hit it and run. And so what happens is they break out sooner and you know what you have or what you don't have, so you know whether you want to hold on to them or not. Well, wide receivers, you'll hear this next week when I talk about my wide receiver philosophy, I'm much more patient with wide receivers where I draft them and you kind of got to let them sit for a couple years and not be willing to drop them because it takes them longer to break out. The only exception to this rule would be a case where there's just a really weak running back class. Some would argue that was the case this year, but I felt like there were still some great running backs that I'd rather have in the first round than a lot of the receivers. But... I'm almost always going to be drafting a running back. I'm willing to draft a wide receiver in round one if it's a late pick, um, but if I had an early pick and really had a good team at running back and felt like there wasn't a good running back available, I'd try to actually trade that pick and maybe keep my first round pick and move back early into the second round or something like that just so that um, someone else can grab the, the running back that they're thinking of. So that's my philosophy there. I almost always draft running backs in the first round of rookie drafts. Fourth uh, thing, as far as my philosophy on running backs, is I put a lot of stock in draft capital and running backs. Now, running backs who are drafted in the first and second rounds really are going to get every chance to play immediately. You see that almost every time. And if an NFL team is willing to invest in a running back that early, so am I. Um, I really will. And I take special notice when a team trades up to get them in the first or second round, too. Uh, that's, for instance, you'll see when I list my lineups that I have Kerryon Johnson in so many leagues because I ranked him much higher than any other analyst, largely because he did move up in his draft capital when Detroit traded up to get him, plus the fact that I actually liked him more than others just by, by film. But when, when teams do that, I take notice of it, and probably more than any other position, um, the draft capital means something to me because they're going to try to burn these running backs out and give them every chance they can early. Next uh, positional philosophy for running backs is I like to target, quote, my guys in the drafts and trades. You'll see when I list my rosters here that I have a lot of similar players on all of my rosters. And that's because I, if I really like a guy more than any other position, I'm, I'm willing to just go try to get my guy. Whether it's in the draft or whether it's in a trade, I'm willing to sell, you know, offer the moon, so to speak, to, to trade to get the running back that I want. 
So many of the guys that I have on my teams, you'll see uh, they're similar because I drafted them or I traded for them or I spotted them on the waiver wire and I picked them up on all my teams. So when I'm high on a guy, I'll do what I have to do to get that player on my team. So you'll see that I drafted or traded for, in some case picked up on the waiver wires, running backs like these that I had higher, ranked higher than most people. Nick Chubb, on Johnson, Miles Sanders, Damian Williams, Matt Breida, and Jamal Williams, to name a few. You'll see that they're on my rosters a lot. And some of it's because I just like the value that they're at. Some of it's because they were my guys from the start and I had to get them in rookie drafts or trade for them as fast as I could. Next positional philosophy for me is my uh, my running backs on my very differently in my PPR, PPR leagues. So that's uh, kind of goes without saying. You would think that that would be the case, but I really do put a little bit, uh, quite a bit more stock into a different type of running back if I'm in a full PPR league. As, whereas if I'm in a standard league or even a half PPR league, I really kind of treat all the running backs the same, but I really treat them different when it comes into a full PPR. Uh, the main reason is that I in P- full PPR leagues, I lean a lot more on receivers in those leagues because I just want the pass catching. And so, you know, my roster is going to be thinner at running back because I'm loading up at receiver because I'm probably going to be starting receivers in my flexes uh, most of the time. Not in every case, but most of the time. I'm also more willing, obviously, in a PPR league to go for uh, my running back. I have a solid running back number one, but I have my number two running back be primarily a third down back or one that's really successful in the passing game. So if you'll see on my rosters where my full PPR leagues that I have James White in both of those leagues, perfect PPR back, right? And so he just racks up the points based on his catches and his yards after catch, even though he doesn't score uh, quite as many touchdowns. But we traded for him in one of my leagues, my buddy Dave and I, and then I have him on one of my rosters that I just drafted in my FFPC league. So I treat running backs different in PPR leagues, but in, in half PPR and standard, I treat them the same. Next thing, this is where we're going to start talking about several different handcuff strategies. Uh, here's one for me is I actually like to have my own handcuffs. Um, I know that some owners don't like to do this, feel like it's kind of a waste of roster space, but I really like to handcuff my running backs, especially on high-scoring offenses and run-first offenses. So that's the key for me. If it's a high-scoring offense or a run-first offense, I'm much more willing um, to go for the handcuff of my premier player. And so, for instance, in my FFPC draft that I just did, I did draft Damian Williams, but I also have Carlos Hyde. Uh, obviously very successful offense. I also drafted Mark Ingram and with, with my very last positional pick, drafted Gus Edwards. Um, did that largely because I think this is going to be a very run-heavy team. In the two leagues where I have on Johnson this offseason, I traded both of those leagues I traded for C.J. Anderson after he got moved in free agency to Detroit. Last year I traded for Jalen Samuel largely because I had James Conner on my team. So run-first teams like Detroit and Baltimore, I'm more willing to do this. High-scoring Offenses like Kansas City and Pittsburgh, I'm also more willing to do this. And so I will go after my handcuffs on teams where I'm sure that if my starter gets injured, the guy that comes to replace him is going to get just as many looks and is uh, comparable in skill level. So I'm willing to do that, even though most people might not be. Now, that said, my next next, uh, philosophy here for running backs is that I like to trade away handcuffs also. So you can see I like to trade four. Uh, particularly high-scoring offenses and run-first offense, what I love to do is the opposite on teams with less run-heavy offenses and not as high-scoring offenses. So I often try to trade away players to handcuff other teams' running backs. I do this most often when I see a player on a team that I'm really wanting to make in a trade. So if I'm wanting to kind of target one player that I want from their team, I feel like offering a handcuff to them um, will really sweeten the deal for them. 
So uh, I will, you know, as much as I liked him, I traded Jamal Williams to the Aaron Jones owner last year and got a second round pick in 2020 from it. So there's things like that that I'm much more willing to kind of look at my roster, see where I'm willing to give up on someone, try to offer someone someone else's handcuff in order to uh, pick something up for myself. Next thing, also related to handcuffs, kind of, and that's the last thing, is that I really like to roster backup running backs on good offenses. So while you look at all these backups, I'm trying to go after some of the handcuffs for my own players. I'm willing to trade other ones, but then there's another class of backups that I just really like their offenses. And I feel like the starter there might get hurt, and maybe often gets hurt. And because I'm confident in the offense itself, I'm really willing to take a chance on just holding those players not trying to trade them away to be the handcuff for someone else, but just holding backup running backs. Because what happens is when an injury happens, like that player's value skyrockets. And so whether it's the panic owner that has the injured one that now wants the handcuff, like a year ago uh, when uh, Dalvin Cook went down, you know, I had Latavius Murray this back when he was with uh, Minnesota, and I traded Murray for Zach Ertz on a team. And now I have Zach Ertz because Murray's value went through the roof, and this guy was at the end of the season and wanted to – keep his, his chances alive to make the playoffs. And so he wanted Murray because Cook went down. And so you can hold players like that and trade them. Um, so with the, and they have good offenses, hang on to them because their value can spike higher than anyone else can, really, in the given season. A backup running back's value spikes the highest more than any other situation. And so there's guys like that that I love to roster. So I've got guys like Matt Breida and Jamal Williams on a lot of my teams because I feel like their opportunity will be so great because the players that are injured, that are in front of them are often injury-prone, like Tevin, uh, Tevin Coleman, let alone just 49ers' you know, ability to use all different running backs at all times. Frida has value in and of himself. I'm still holding on to Jamal Williams on most of my teams, even though I told you I traded him in another one for a second-round pick in 2020. Um, I'm also holding on to him just because I think that Aaron Jones often gets hurt. Um, another case is I'm one of the few people who still believe in Carlos Hyde, so I have him in several leagues, even leagues where I don't own Damian Williams because I just feel like the opportunity is going to be too great for him. And if Williams was to get hurt, Hyde's value would skyrocket. Um, I also like to draft, uh, hold on to backup running backs where there's either injury-prone players, like I said, but also unproven starters. So take, for instance, in a lot of my teams, you'll see that I have Cadre Allison. Cadre Allison, I believe, Tevin, I believe that Ito Smith is just constantly going to be stuck in the, the passing downs back role. But when uh, Freeman uh, gets hurt, like he does, you know, almost every year, I believe that Allison's actually going to come in and be the bruiser back on first and second down in Atlanta. And so I hold him everywhere because of that. And then there's cases where it's just unproven starters. So you'll see that I have Bruce Anderson, undrafted free agent that went to Tampa Bay on several of my teams because we don't know uh, what the backfield situation is going to be like there in Tampa Bay. And it's just as likely that uh, Bruce Anderson could do something and, and win a job there. And so on particularly uh, where there's unproven situations or injury-prone starters, I like to just hold backup running backs. So that's my uh, nine philosophy points for uh, running backs on my teams. Here's how it kind of plays out. Now, I would say that this might get a little boring here in the podcast forum for me to just list out the players that are on my team. So I would encourage you just to go to the, the website, dynastyfreaks.com, freaks with two E's, and just check out the article because sometimes it helps actually seeing them in front of you rather than me just listing them off. But for the sake of the podcast, I will list them off here. In my keeper league, it's called the keeper league. We have 10 teams, 30-man roster. Here's my running back room. Nick Chubb, Marlon Mack as my starters. 
uh, Miles Sanders, uh, Kareem Hunt, <laughs> unfortunately for me, Matt Breida, Carlos Hyde, Jamal Williams, Malcolm Brown, Spencer Ware. So you can see there that I have some of my guys and Nick Chubb and Miles Sanders got them. Um, Miles Sanders, I have drafted this year. Nick Chubb, I traded for last year. Marlon Mack, I traded for last year. Um, Kareem Hunt, I drafted in the, in the first round uh, a couple years ago. And I love holding on to Brita, Hyde, Williams as backups. Spencer Ware as a handcuff, possibly to Marlon Mack. We'll see how that situation unfolds. And Malcolm Brown, I'm not willing to give up him really getting that opportunity if um, Gurley really is hurt. My diehard league, this is my most uh, recent startup besides the FFPC. It's a 12-team league with 27-man rosters, half PPR. I have Nick Chubb, Carrion Johnson, uh, drafted both of them after I drafted receivers. Damian Williams, who I picked up off the waiver wire, Latavius Murray. I uh, love him as a backup there in New Orleans. Uh, Carlos Hyde, again, backing up Damian Williams, although I drafted him. C.J. Anderson that I traded for to be uh, my handcuff to carry on Johnson. And Bruce Anderson. So a little thinner there at running back than I normally would like to be, but I love the depth that I have and the teams that I have players on for sure. The Freak League is a 10-team, uh, 30-man roster. There I have Christian McCaffrey, James Conner, Carrion Johnson, Jalen Samuels, C.J. Anderson, and Chris Thompson. I would note that we have not had a rookie draft. This is my one league where we actually do a really late rookie draft because we all get together. This is my freak league, uh, the league that started with all my buddies 20-something years ago. And so we actually do the draft in person over Labor Day weekend. So that's going to be fun. So I'll definitely be adding. I do have two first-round picks. So I'll be adding at least one, likely two running backs to my squad there. But you can see Christian McCaffrey, James Conner. I back up James Conner with Jalen Samuels. I've got Kerryon Johnson again, one of my guys. I traded this year to, to this offseason to back him up with C.J. Anderson and Chris Thompson, who's uh, definitely a bubble player for me, depending on what the Washington backfield does. The Good Times League, it's a 10-team league, 30-man roster. I have uh, This is my league where I'm the weakest at running back. You'll see this team is super weak at running back. And so I got several first-round picks. Uh, I had two first-round picks and just traded up a lot in this draft to, to kind of fill my uh, roster with young guys. You do need to note that my receiver, my receiver squad on this, we start three receivers. I have uh, Hopkins, Michael Thomas, and Juju. So I have stacked at my three receivers. So hopefully I just need one or two of these running backs to pop to really make my running back room awesome. So here's what it looks like in this Good Times League. I have Miles Sanders, uh, Damian Williams, Royce Freeman, Matt Breida, Damian Harris, Jamal Williams, Justin Jackson, Cadre Allison, and Bruce Anderson. So... Hoping that Royce Freeman gets his uh, more touches in Denver in this coming year. Hoping Damian Williams uh, can hold his own there in Kansas City. Of course, I drafted Miles Sanders and drafted Damian Harris. Real hopeful for both of them long term. Uh, maybe not this year, but maybe Damian Harris this year. Still holding Jamal Williams in case something happens. Justin Jackson in case something happens. And like I already said, Cadre Allison and Bruce Anderson, whom I have on several of my teams. Next is my Reality Sports Online team. That's a 12-team, 24-man roster. It's, P it's full PPR. Uh, my buddy Dave and I have won it two years in a row. We've got Alvin Kamara and Todd Gurley. We both have them just under one-year contracts now. They're in their last year of their contracts. We're probably going to extend Kamara. We've got Philip Lindsay. I'm starting to get a little more concerned, but we extended him during the season, so we've got him for like four or five more years. James White on a one-year contract, Chris Thompson, Deontay Foreman, and Cadre Allison. We do have 20 of our 24 rosters already under contract, so when we have our free agent auction, which comes up in about two weeks, um, we will likely draft maybe one running back there in the auction, but we only have four spots to deal with. So uh, we know we got to draft a defense and a kicker in that league too. So we're not sure what we're going to do with our really, what in reality will be two picks for us um, in, that, in that auction that's coming up. 
Uh, finally, in my FFPC league, this is my most recent uh, draft that I did, startup draft. It's a 12-team, pretty thin roster, 20-man roster, so pretty thin there. Um, I have Miles Sanders, Damian Williams, Mark Ingram, James White, Carlos Hyde, Jamal Williams, and Gus Edwards. So sticking to some of my, my guys and Damian Williams and Miles Sanders, uh, Mark Ingram, hoping that they're really a run first team, and I got Gus Edwards to, to back him up, and Carlos Hyde to back up Damian Williams. So following my philosophy quite a bit there, particularly in that I drafted a lot of wide receivers heavy in that draft since the PPR league and uh, kind of punted on running backs till later. Well, there you have it. That is my positional philosophy for the running backs. I hope this helps you as you consider strategies for your team and building out your rosters. I appreciate you giving a listen. My freaky friends, that's it for this week. You know, I've been building a website for about a year now. I really wanted to develop a year's worth of content before promoting the website and the podcast, which I'm starting to do now. I really wanted there to be verifiable, contestable content so you can go see for yourself whether my dynasty takes are generally right or wrong. Um, I hope that you'll test me and see that I'm your best and most trustworthy independent voice in the dynasty landscape. I would love it if you'd leave a rate and review on iTunes. That would do me a big solid. Do me a solid. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.